Welcome to Game of Books with Kathy in South Dakota. That's me. And Christy in South Florida. That's me. We're two newbie writers sharing our take on wine, food, and mystery books. And the authors who write them. Join us for the fun. Hi, Christy, and all of our mysterious foodies out there. It seems like forever since we've had some wine and chatted. I know. I can't wait to get caught up. I'm so excited. Yes, me too. But first, of course, we always start with the wine. So tell me what you chose today. Okay, so today's wine is Menage à Trois Decadence. Um, it's a Cabernet Sauvignon, and it. Um, I think you can get a little taste of it while I read. <laughs> they have a wine confession on their website. Oh, my. I know. Okay. So I'll a read it confession? while you're tasting. It says, dare you, uncar- okay. Un- dare you uncork the art of seduction? Dare you succumb to the temptation of a cab so luxurious, rich, and seductive it would make even Casanova blush? (laughs) Welcome to the world of menage a trois decadence. Here, inhibitions disappear as we indulge your passions and arouse your senses with kisses of exotic dark chocolate and the flavors and aromas of goose bump giving black cherry and blackberry. (laughs) Then they all mingle with a lavish vanilla spice on your palate before climaxing into a smooth, exquisite finish, (laughs) leaving you forever wanting more. So we ask again, (laughs) dare you desire decadence? (laughs) Oh my god! I know I feel it's like, like you need a shower. I know <laughs> a cold one for sure. Oh my gosh, oh my that's gosh. so funny. Yes, so that that is the description. And so, how does it live up to the description? Well, <laughs> Are you going to have to um, stop sure podcasting right now? You're, you, I know you're like I'm, I'm blushing, stuff in that stuck in the house. <laughs> so probably your husband's there too. So you can. <laughs> Yeah, my whole family. Oh uh, well, um, yeah. no, I'm I'm blushing a little bit, but okay. So let me take a let me take a sip here. It's the wine that's causing you to blush. Yes, it, it clearly is. Um, okay, I do think it is. I can taste black cherry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's got a nice finish to it. That vanilla spice, did you say? I think. I yes. Can yes. Get that lavish vanilla I, spice. I'm gonna, I'm going to pass on all of the other um, commentary. Um, kisses of exotic dark chocolate. I'm not going to say I got that. <laughs> but now, with a few more drinks, you know, a few more sips, maybe I will. I know. I know. I think what do that's, you think? I think, yes, I think you're right. I think that um, <laughs> that after a few more sips, we will climax into a smooth finish. Oh. I knew you were going to say that. Sorry. I um it is a very lovely looking bottle and I have tried this brand mm-hmm. um but not in this particular variety before. I've never tried the Decadence Cabernet. Right. I haven't either um, and um like Menage a Trois the um brand I believe it's it started out because it was a com- it was a blend of like three different grapes. Okay. Um, you know, they have a lot of blends in their mm-hmm. um, wine list, but 
This is just, um, this is actually 98% Cabernet Sauvignon and 2% Merlot. So it is a blend. They're keeping with their blend, but yeah. it's not a three-way. <laughs> oh. But. <laughs> I'm sorry. I groaned a little bit. Oh, that was awful too. Okay. Anyway, it's a very nice, very drinkable wine. Yes. Good and it will go gracious. Yes. So, I mean, you know. <laughs> Probably, maybe doesn't exactly go with our fun conversation we're going to have as far as that description is concerned, (laughs) but um, I think it tastes good, so I'm happy. It does taste very nice. Mm -hmm. It's a, I I mean, it's a very nice um, glass of wine. Okay, so all of that um, description aside, I am dying to catch up with you and hear what's going on. I know, I know. It's it's been a hot minute since we've been um, podcasting. Uh, we had so we've had so many previous that we did in Florida, mm-hmm. and uh, we've both been really busy. And so we're finally getting back at it. Yeah. So what's going on right now there? Well, it's funny you ask because it's pretty. <laughs> it, it's not. It's not very dull around here in South Dakota. We um, we are in the middle of a pretty decent sized blizzard, maybe a three day long blizzard. Wow. I know. And, you know, Monday was, I, I put this on my uh, blog for Wednesday. It was 70 degrees. The grass was just starting to get green and solid ground after all of the snow we had this winter. My husband actually went out on the lawnmower. He didn't really mow anything, <laughs> but it made him feel excited for spring, I think. And right. then, kaboom, this um, huge snowstorm. I mean, like, the entire state of South Dakota is shut down. I mean, like, all the interstates, all the highways, no one's going anywhere. Um, but what's been particularly interesting about this is we're having thunder snow. Have you ever heard of this? Now, that's weird. No, I hadn't until you said something and I was yeah. like, what? Because yes. we do have thunder down here, thunder yeah, and lightning sure. a lot, but no snow along with it. Was it was crazy. So. And so the first morning of the snow, and actually it continued through this, this morning too. So for the last 24 hours, um, we've had a blizzard. I mean, a really le- legitimate blizzard, like very high winds, lots and lots of snow, um, and a thunderstorm wow. at the same time. And so you're hearing oh. these huge, big booms of thunder while you look outside and it's just a blizzard. It's been crazy. It's been really fun. That's and weird. So, like, does it really echo up there? Because aren't you guys pretty, like, flat? I mean, oh, yeah. how does it, I mean, or, you know, I guess it's when it's in valleys that it echoes. I don't know. I've, I've been in thunderstorms where it's, like, freaked me out because it was so loud because you were, like, in a valley or something okay. <laughs> but i can't imagine yeah. how it sounds during snow you know well, it's just been so strange so yesterday morning um right when this was starting you know spring had kind of tried to arrive and so there's all these birds chirping in the morning which you know we don't hear for many many months so it's a delightful little oh. noise and so mm-hmm. the the birds are chirping there's thunder and there's a blizzard all at the same time <laughs> And it just so the been... birds are still there. What do they do? Do they well, hide just... like under roofs or something? They're or... hiding in trees. I mean, they're trying to. I'm sure they're. Wow. You know, complaining, regretting to each other. getting yeah, back, regretting so their soon. choice to come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's what wow. we're doing. We're having a, and it's. I mean, we're. It's literally like South Dakota's closed. Like, sorry, no business. We're just done here. Everyone has to stay home. It's really crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. So, so are your kids ever going to get out of school this year? No, right? they're never going to get out of school. <laughs> and, oh, um, man. Yeah. 
So we're all home. And well, I, I was just in North Carolina and um, they were having a huge storm um, there. It was a pollen storm. I, I don't know if you've seen that in the news, but it was I, like the skies are, you know, green and yellow because of pollen. And so um, just what a heavy release of pollen. Was there something in the weather or is that a seasonal thing that happens? What does that mean? Well, I did, you know, look it up a little bit because mm-hmm. I was like, what's going on? You know, and um, the Lyft driver was saying, oh, I've never seen it this bad. And I know, you know, sometimes you get layers on the car when you yeah. live up north and things. But I looked it up and um, I guess because of global warming and, um, you know, the climate changes, the pollen overall across the country, well, probably across the world, has increased every year since 2000. And so they predict by 2040, it will have at least doubled. And what that means is in 2000, it was 8,000 pollen grains per cubic meter. That's how they measure it or something. Okay. And by 2040, it's going to be 20,000 pollen grains per cubic meter. So pollen is increasing every year by a lot. Um, so, so that so is part of it, I guess. plants that are producing this are more plentiful or they're just more pollen heavy yes because it's warmer um and you know there's and there's the carbon dioxide you know carbon Mm -hmm. dioxide in the environment and stuff um they actually reproduce for a longer period of time and earlier okay so i was kind of wondering if you guys even have you maybe you were already starting to get things blooming i don't know we were um, i actually farther north i had just well the buds are just starting to come out on a few um mm-hmm. species but i had just noticed on uh, monday the day before the storm started that our uh, lilac bush was just starting to get some pretty decent sized buds so i don't know okay you know what the blizzard will do to those and i had some like lilies were coming out of the ground and you know some plants were coming up a few inches and mm-hmm. who knows well it was crazy up there i mean everybody was talking about it and you know, I think allergy medicine was running out in the stores. And like, I would see some people wearing like little face masks, I guess, because they just have such bad allergies or something. Mm -hmm. But, um, but I made sure I took my Claritin before I, you know, I heard (laughs) about it. So I was like, I'm not going to let this be my problem. So, so, yeah. So, like, I mean, it was covering cars and covering the ground. I mean, you oh, could yeah. see. Yeah. Covering the ground. Like, I, I had to take a bus at one point, and I was like, I don't have nowhere to sit because all the um, benches were just covered with pollen. Mm. And, um, and like, I was going to eat outside at, you know, one place, and everything was covered in pollen. And I did go to one outdoor restaurant. I sent you a picture, I think. Yes, you did. It was lovely. And, um, and like, just everything that was sitting out, like, they would wipe the table so the, you know, pollen would be off it. But then, like, the menu that was sitting there would get like a layer of pollen wow. on it, like a fine... D- I know, my phone had it. <laughs> oh, that's so <laughs> was interesting. Like, I know. I it wonder, was pretty It was pretty extreme. Yeah, I wonder how long that lasts. I mean, is that a... I mean... I don't know. They're in it, their well, this spring, was, too. 
Hmm. It's bad. And then um, the way they talked about it, because there was a big rainstorm before I came, so that helps Mm -hmm. bring it down. Mm -hmm. And then it came right back because then it got warm and sunny and everything right after that. And then um, the, you know, newscaster was talking this morning like, okay, well, we should have another rainstorm maybe, um, you know, this weekend that should bring it back down. But then the next day it's going to pop right back up again, you know, so... I don't know how long it lasts, you know, I guess as long as those plants are reproducing, Yeah, I guess. Well, maybe, everything's maybe relative. They're, you know, <laughs> maybe they've been drinking some decadence up there. And <laughs> I don't know. There's decadence in the rain and the plants just keep going. <laughs> they just don't know when to stop. Okay, on that note, yeah. let's take another sip of the wine. And I really want to mm-hmm. get into The Last Act by Brad Parks. Okay, that sounds like mm-hmm. a good idea. Yes. So we had so much fun talking to Brad. Um, we had, Was it last week already? Or maybe two weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah, two weeks ago. Um, yeah. That we talked to him, yeah, about the last act, and it was just so much fun yes. um, talking to him. Yes. I mean, if if you mysterious foodies out there haven't listened to, listened to it, you should because he was he was really funny and he was really inspirational at the same time. I mean, I thought I really enjoyed his talk. And not to mention he's a damn good writer. <laughs> and I mean, that's not just our opinion. He's I mean, he's well deserving of all the awards he's received. He's received the Nero, the Seamus, the Lefty. I think the only Writer, correct? That has received all three of those big awards yes. uh, for yep. crime writing. Yeah, and the book Last Act is really good. This is his latest book. Um, it has some interesting premises and some surprises, don't you think so? Oh, I did. I really, I really enjoyed. There was a lot of twists to it. Um, I'm thinking it's going to be another big seller for him. If I mean, probably his best, obviously. Um, In case you missed our conversation with him, a little bit more about Brad. Um, He is a former journalist. He um, stopped Mm -hmm. a career in journalism early mid-2000s. I'm thinking 2009, but I might be incorrect on that. I think he had 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 two published books by then. Okay. Before he stopped, I think that's what he said, didn't he? Okay. Like yeah. And uh, <laughs> so he has, this is his, um, the last act is his ninth book. So after he um, published his first couple and stopped writing as a journalist, he fully, um, fully focused on fiction writing. And so he, his first six books were in a um, series and mm-hmm. it was called the Carter Ross um, series. And then the last three, uh, including the last act, have all been standalones. And um, he does a lot of speaking at writers' conferences. He's really supportive of other writers. He engages with his um, readers himself. He said that he gets back to everyone who reaches out to him on his website. And so, which is pretty um, we certainly, amazing. Yeah, we certainly had that experience. Um, we met him at Sleuthfest, and he was very supportive of our little Corkson conversation endeavor here, and um, yes. was delighted to talk to us. And we really enjoyed yep. it. Yep, so if you haven't listened to Corks and Conversation number four, um, you will get all kinds of interesting information, <laughs> yes. including what he thinks about a naked LeBron James. Now, I knew you were going to bring that up. Your mind is always in the gutter, especially after today's <laughs> menage a trois selection. 
Oh, whatever. Oh, My very... mind is good, good at multitasking. That's all I okay. can say. Yeah, I was say it's an inspirational story, not just a naked story. I mean, the naked story right. is good too. But... <laughs> right. Exactly. See, so I can do yeah. both. Um, yes, so anyway, what did you think of the book, Kathy? Um, it was sort of a different take on a legal thriller, don't you think? Yeah, it was. I liked the legal aspect of it. I always like a legal thriller, but really mostly takes place um, kind of pre and post what would normally be an illegal thriller, right? Um, mm-hmm. Talking to agent, FBI agents and then, you know, what would happen after a sentence in prison. And so I just thought it was, um, I thought it was a great read, very fast paced. Mm-hmm. Um, so listen, I have to be honest though, when I first started reading it, I was a little, I don't know, a little torn initially by the concept, right? So should we tell people about the book a little bit? We won't give yeah. anything away. Yeah. We won't give anything so, away, but yeah, we should tell them a little. Yeah. So our main character, Tommy Jump, gets approached. He's an actor and he's kind mm-hmm. of a nearly out of work actor. Mm-hmm. And he gets approached by um, the FBI to do some acting for them, basically to go undercover and pretend he is somebody and enter a federal prison. Mm-hmm. And I and 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 they would um, the promises once he goes in there get some information from the person they're trying to reach, um, mm-hmm. they'll remunerate him pretty handsomely, right? Like right. pay him for his acting time. Yeah. And I initially the first you know I just I I, I suppose um, Brad does this intentionally, right? Because it's the same thing the actor does or the actor the main character. You know mm-hmm. you kind of like really. I mean I was like I right I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I just thought, what are we I know. doing? I know. I really was, the, I was yeah. the same way. I was like going, man, uh, you yeah. know, I, well, I wanted to to find out more about this kind of program. I'm like, maybe I could get in on it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's interesting. Because so the question is, obviously, what are you willing to give up for some financial security? I mean, that's really the oh, whole yeah. premise of the book. Yeah, and I and think I, I was surprised. Yeah, he he had to be in a position, put into a position where he was willing to to do that because it was a hard gig, I think, to go to jail. It was, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I, um, so I was kind of stuck on that. I really was. I thought, I, I just don't know if I'd be willing to give up my freedom, mm-hmm. you know, to for financial security but man did he set it up so that it was just too enticing right to not do right right and so of course but think of all the writing you could get done while you were there (laughs) (laughs) christy you're scaring me if you're trying to reach out to some fbi program and offer your services i'm gonna try to talk you out of it look me up i'm really good at acting and i want to go writing (laughs) and have you learned nothing from the book by the way i know right (laughs) absolutely absolutely yeah oh my god plus i mean how would we podcast i mean you know the minutes you're so limited on your minutes in jail (laughs) On the phone. <laughs> and not to mention we couldn't text 45 times a day in addition to right. it. So there's that. <laughs> yep. You know, so I, I just, I, I thought the concept, though, of, you know, what are we willing to do for financial security and what are we willing to give up for it really ran deep. And I, I enjoyed that yeah. a lot. I mean, I just thought, and there was a lot of different, you know, kind of twists on it. It wasn't just Tommy Jump, which is such a great name, don't you think? For the, I know. <laughs> Um, talk about taking a leap of faith, you know, like a, a jump of faith. I thought that was oh, such yeah. a good, yeah. 
So I wonder, we for, we never did ask him. I wonder if he, like, did any kind of, um, I don't know, research where he actually went into prison or anything. Because <laughs> That'd be interesting to ask him. Yeah, because he certainly, you know, captured it, and I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, that is. That is. So, listen, you chose this menage a trois, uh, Cabernet. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any particular reason that you chose that wine for today? Any you know what? I or? did not have a good reason for this wine. Um, <laughs> I just... <laughs> that makes me enjoy it even better. <laughs> I like the label, luxurious, rich, seductive. And um, in in this book, there wasn't a whole lot of wine drinking going on. No, so, because they were um, in prison. Right. And even the outside <laughs> characters, one, you know, one actually, one was pregnant, so she wasn't drinking. And then uh, one other character referred to, well, he waited to talk till the wine was in front of him, but didn't say what kind of wine. It didn't say what they were eating, so I couldn't go with that. Mm-hmm. And so I said, you know what? This is a chance to just have something that looks good. So that's what yeah. we did. Yeah. Well, I just took another sip of it, and it is—it's growing on me quite quickly. <laughs> oh, <to> good. <laughs> She's like, I don't care before, if but... there's a blizzard out there. I got no. my menage a trois. <laughs> Listen, when there is a blizzard, wine is even more important. I think. Yes, you are probably exactly right. And you know what? <laughs> You should be you should be telling all the fellow South Dakotans to um, be uh, listening to our podcast while they're stuck inside too. I like yes, if there's I, is there some sort of like a secret telegraph system that you guys talk to each other? Or we're not quite that old school here, Christy. <laughs> anyway, so, um, hey, you should but, tell everybody that you got flagged by the way with your. Our podcast. Uh, oh yeah, it's in the airport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I went through my my uh, bag. I had like a a big stack of sticky notes because I said I'm just going to give this out to everybody I see, you know, um, that had our logo on it and stuff. And we I put them in we my. Went to, we should tell everybody we went to Four Imprint and we got up some a little packets of sticky notes with our, our logo and our podcast on there. Yes, to hand out to people. Yes. So, so I, I mean, who doesn't love print? sticky notes? I mean, you right? know, I, I'm using them all the time myself, <laughs> I hate to say. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, the it went through the x-ray machine, and she took my bag, and I was like, oh, what did I leave in there? I'm trying to think, you know. So she comes, and she opens it up, and she's like, you know, I got to feel around here. And then she picks up the stack of um, sticky notes. She go, She looked at me and went, oh, because I, I don't know, they must have thought it was a, a brick of explosives or something. But <laughs> so then I was like, oh, do you listen to podcasts? Take one. Go ahead. Yeah. She was just I was like, going to ask you if you did that. I did, but she didn't take one. I, I It might have been against the rules. I don't know, you know, because yeah. <laughs> they are the security people. But but anyway, so that was that. But um, so I also need to go into a little bit of food in this book. Yes, I'm dying. I'm curious. Yes, because as you know, again, we don't have a lot of food going on. Mm -hmm. I mean, other than the fact that, you know, prison food is lousy or, you know, just a few, you know, oh, we went and ate a lot so that we, because I knew I was going to prison or something. But, um, But one interesting food item caught my attention, and that was the mackerel 
packet packets. Oh yes. So that's a food item. So you can kind um, of so, explain that to people, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, a, because of... I actually, yeah, I looked it up and it was like, it's true. Yeah. I'm not kidding it's... you. I didn't know it was true. I thought, oh, Brad <laughs> made this crazy stuff up. Okay, so explain this to our mysterious foodies, what you're talking about. Yes. Okay, so um, in prison, they used to use cigarettes as a form of currency. In other words, you know, hey... You know, however many cigarettes gets me, you know, um, I don't know, some kind of secret prison hooch or something, you know. <laughs> I don't know. They have whatever they have in prisons because I don't really know. But I, I from, you know, what I've read, um, they have, you know, just anything that you would barter somebody else to do for you, whether it's... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting certain items that you want or doing some kind of getting you into some kind of um, work group that you want to be in or something, trading for this or that. And so they would use cigarettes. Well, cigarettes got banned um, back in 2004. So they turned to mackerel, canned mackerel. (laughs) <laughs> and then they have these mackerel packets. So they were they were close to about a dollar a piece and they could get them. So like a, the, I'm picturing like a um chicken of the sea tuna packet. Exactly. That's okay. exactly what it is. It was chicken of the sea mackerel packs. Okay. Um and they and which are true, they do have them. And I guess not a lot of people wanted to eat them, but they would start using <laughs> them as currency. So they could have up to fourteen at a time, I think, um, and or purchase, you know, whatever. So they would use them like, okay, here, you know, everybody agreed this was their form of money. So hey, I want to, you know, be able to call my friend on your minutes or something. So I'm going to give you five mackerel packets or something. Mm-hmm. So that's how they would do it. And they still, I think, do it. Um, uh, you know, I don't know. They might have switched to something else in the past few years. But um, I think I read somewhere Raymond Noodles are up there too. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so um, so that's what they would do. Did you say Raymond mo- Noodles? Yeah. <laughs> We I'm like, I don't know. I'd here. eat those. Huh? Yeah, I would too. We call them ramen up here in South Dakota. And you guys say well, ramen? I, I don't love know. That. I no, guess. I figured it out. I, I, think, I think, you know, sometimes before a glass of decadence, I might call it ramen and now I call it ramen. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So we can't. I be never sure really South thought Florida, about it because. South Dakota thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Now I'm going to listen though. I don't know. <laughs> Connor, what do you call him? He calls him ramen. So okay. apparently they're always ramen, except for when I've had a couple sips of decadence. They're and ramen, they're ramen unless you're drinking decadence, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I, so yeah, so they, yeah, yeah. They, they, they did that. So then I, I took it a step further because I was like, does anybody really eat these? I mean, do you realize that the mackerel salesman from like i guess chicken of the sea or something that the prison system is their biggest client they sell 
yeah, the prison systems, um, they, that's where they sell mo- a lot of their product. Well, I mean, most of their product, I guess, you know, hmm. because it just doesn't fly off the shelves. Mackerel doesn't fly off the shelves and like, you know, the grocery store, um, as much as like tuna or salmon or something. But, um, hmm. but I don't like any canned fish. I don't think, I mean, I don't know. Do you, do you eat tuna? I don't even eat you know, tuna. Not very often. I mean, I have to say it's, yeah. it's been a hot minute since I've, since I, I think I've used that phrase twice today, which is weird because I never do. Oh, um, well, cool. <laughs> it must be the decadence. Uh, that will be it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not opposed to a tuna fish sandwich by any means. I just, mm-hmm. I can't say I seek it out and, and buy it very often, put it that way. I have never liked tuna. I don't oh, really? like tuna salad. I don't like tuna fish sandwiches. Apparently, my mother ate them all the time when she was pregnant with me. So I attribute oh. <laughs> maybe to that, that I was like sick of tuna by the time I was born. But um, but I do like, you know, I realized later in life when I would buy fish that I like fresh tuna. Yeah. But if it gets a couple days old, it starts t- tasting more like canned to me. So I don't like it. Um, hmm. but apparently mackerel is a good fish to, uh, as a fresh fish, which oh. nobody seems to do. I guess that you, but it can be very smelly if you don't have it really fresh. Well, that um, turns me off very quickly in South Dakota because we're going to get it and it's not going to be very fresh, but yes. <laughs> maybe fresh. So, so Yeah. So I was like looking it up cause I was like, okay, what, um, you know, descriptions or whatever. And so, you know, how can you cook it? Where can you get mm-hmm. it or something? So th- I read this article, they were saying, you know, that it's, it, when it's fresh, it tastes great. You know, it's milder than salmon. Um, mm. and they said, so they described how you look for the fresh fish. And this guy, Peter Molinari, the manager of Seasonal Fish Counter at Italy in New York City. Do you remember that okay. place, Italy? Have you been there? I haven't. We should have gone when we were up there because it's such a cool, um, it's like a restaurant complex with, uh, it has like f- food, finished food service things that you can get, but it's a market at the same time. And it's just, you walk through it and you can have, you can have wine and cheese, fresh cheese. Mm. You can have, you know, all kinds of stuff. That sounds cool. But anyway, (laughs) yeah, I know it was tough to visit, I tell you. But anyway, (laughs) Molinari wants you to check out the skin of the fish. Is it brown and slightly dried out? Well, that sounds bad. Has the speckling on the fish's skin faded? Those are both signs of less than fresh fish. I'm like, obvious. Okay. (laughs) Look for a blue tint to the skin, which should be tight, not wrinkly. And I was like, okay. And then this uh, Italian chef says, and you look for lively protruding eyes, rosy red gills, and resilient textured flesh. (laughs) I think we might have just lost some listeners. I was like, okay, yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Because, I mean, that almost sounds like, you know, um, a murder scene or something, you know? Yeah, it's just like people just checked out. Too too, um, too visceral. That's really interesting. Yeah. But you cook it, you can cook it and eat it like a steak or whatever. It can be grilled. It, it's really a good fish, and it's pretty cheap when you can get it. Um, and it's really good for you, really high in omega-3s. Um, so is that something, when you go to your fish 
monger in Florida? Can you, I mean, do you usually see that mackerel? You know, I never noticed because I've always just thought, mackerel weird you know and i don't see it i don't see it a lot i don't think because i would i I know it's not in like the supermarkets usually but i bet if i went to the fish market they might have it and sometimes i think it might be they might be whole because people cook them whole a lot you know oh um and they're pretty plentiful although although i just read an article that came out Earlier today, I think, or yesterday, that um, that now they're thinking that's been overfished. But, of course, people are disputing mm. that. But they're supposed to be really sustainable fish because they, they reach maturity in two to four years. So they can, you know, be less overfished because they can get to an age to reproduce faster than some of the other big fish. Well, I'm going to have to check out and see if we even have that available to us here you know, in our, in our fish counter or frozen, I'd be kind of curious. Right. Cause I've never really yeah, looked at it Cause now, either, now they freeze it like on the boat when they're, you know, for human consumption, yeah. because like I said, they were, they were notoriously known for you had to eat it that day or the next day it started smelling yucky oh. in the olden days before they had like mm-hmm. freezing or salting of it. So Anyway, so I might start looking for some mackerel because I do like yeah, salmon. Well, I know. It and it's a little healthy, bit, it's so a whiter good. fish, but it's it's still re- very oily like salmon. So, hmm. yeah. Well, anyway. I am game two. Okay, so take another sip, dare I say, of our decadence here, our menage a trois decadence. And I want to hear okay. what you were um, interested in for the writer's perspective this week. Oh, yes. Okay. So... Um, I really thought that this book was kind of unique in how Brad told the story from both (laughs) third person and first person point of view. I mean, he told it from first person, the Tommy Jump chapters, and then the other chapters were third person and they kind of like, you got an insight into all the characters, mind a little bit you know it's not like as close as first person but and um and I don't think I've seen that very often I don't know I think it would be really hard I I mean I think right I would be curious to look at um his other books and see if he's ever done that before but I would I can see why he chose to do it though for this book because Mm -hmm. like we were talking about I really had a hard time with the premise, like thinking, is this even a believable premise? And then you get into that first Tommy jump, first person point of view, and you can see what he's just yearning for, right? Some stability as an actor and his family's, Mm -hmm. you know, growing and developing. And um, so I, I think that first person point of view might have made the sale better, you know, and easier to swallow on this premise. Right. And it was really, it was, you kind of liked him better when you knew what he was thinking versus just how he was acting or something, you know? Yeah. I think if, if, uh, you know, if you didn't get in his brain and, and see the immediacy of what his concerns were and kind of his panic, especially towards Mm -hmm. the, you know, latter part of the book, um, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't have been such a page turner. So I, I, completely understand why I enjoyed reading the first person, but I, man, I bet that was hard to write. Right. 
But I also really enjoy being able to see, because I've written a lot from a first person perspective. Um, and you know, either third person tight or first person point of view. And it's hard to do that because you want to tell what's happening when they're not around, you know? And so that's kind of cool. That's why a lot of people do just third person straight through so that you can see what's going on and you can sort of jump into the mind of each person. But, you know, going back and forth, like you said, it's, it's hard, but I think it really, really worked. You know, I liked it in this case. I mean, I did too. I mean, I just thought the book was, um, a a very, uh, readable page turner. I mean, I really wanted Mm -hmm. to get through it. You know, once I got Mm -hmm. into, especially, you know, maybe probably towards that third act, you know, the, the rear quarter Mm -hmm. of the book, I just camp myself in the chair. I wanted to finish it. And so, right. Uh, <laughs> I know. I, mean, right? I was, I was like, I've got to figure this because there was a lot of twists. I mean, I, I know, I know. And I was like, I would go back and forth in my head. I'm like going, mm-hmm. ah, and then, and I, I don't know that, you know, the, there were repeated characters or not repeated, but there was a few characters who really did not turn out to be who you thought they were. Right. And, oh, he did such a good job of planting kind of those little nuggets all along. So right. it was no surprise. And so I think right. that was probably the benefit of that um, variety of point of view. You well, know, I was a little really... surprised by the final twist. I mean, I Were maybe you? not. Yeah, maybe not. Um, I mean, I was I surprised. Mean, yeah, I, I was surprised. Was I didn't I didn't have I didn't see any of it coming until, you know, maybe really close to when it was revealed, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I was, I did not see that coming. And that, but I just kept thinking, what's, you know, there's got to be something. It's hard to even talk about without giving it I away. I know. So but... we need a book club version of this now so <laughs> yes, we can talk about it. Yes. Not... <laughs> Everybody out there has to listen to, I mean, read this book and then we'll talk about it again. Right. We'll read We should do it. that. Another <laughs> podcast. There you go. Another kind of episode. That'd be fun. We'll do one with our listeners. <laughs> so I, I think you'll agree with me that we should definitely encourage people to add the last act to their bookshelves. Yes. What do you think? I, I agree. And the wine yeah. as well. And this was a good price point. Um, Menage a Trois Decadence was only, I think, around $10, I think. Oh, I think for the first time I'm more expensive here. Really? It was, yeah, but, I mean, not by much, but it was um, $14.99 here, and I think that was on sale, so it was normally $15.99. So, oh, okay. Um, and I have no idea, actually, because I can't remember, but I feel like <laughs> it was around that <laughs> So you could be right. It could be more. Although I usually, you know, I'm cheap when I'm trying something new, but it might have been on sale, too. <laughs> you know, speaking of trying something new, we should really ask all of our listeners, our MFs, Mysterious Foodies, to let mm-hmm. us know not only what you think about our episodes um, and the Corks and Conversation, like our interview with Brad Parks, but also send us ideas of authors or books you'd like us to do um, interviews with or discuss the books of in the future. We'd love to hear. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we always love the ideas and we'd love to hear from you guys. And also, um, we still have some good upcoming quirks and conversations and some good books planned. So keep listening and, um, 
Actually, I think I think what we should do is on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, we should start putting like little clues about what our upcoming episodes are going to have. Oh, I love that so, idea. That's yeah. a great idea. Yeah, so you okay, have to follow so- us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, and then you'll have clues, and you could maybe even, you know, get the wine ahead of time for for your listening pleasure or get the Wouldn't book that be ahead fun? of time. I think that's yeah. a great idea. Okay. So um, I guess uh, we can say thanks for listening. Um, Really, that's all for this episode, (laughs) I think, of Game of Books, where we share food, wine, and mystery. Just be sure to subscribe to us so you can get your food, wine, and mystery tips every Friday morning, just in time for the weekend. And this is Christy. And Kathy. Saying thanks for listening. Bye, Bye, everybody. everybody.